Hello, hello, my beautiful women developing brilliance. It has been a minute since I have recorded an episode, and that has been because I have been dealing with a health challenge, which required surgery and then affected my voice. So for those of you that regularly tune in, you'll probably be able to hear a subtle difference between my voice and for those of you that haven't, then you won't know the difference, but I'm happy to be here. I missed you. I missed sharing things all about leadership, mindset, and how we can level up from the inside out. Today, I want to share an interview that was recorded with Teresa Pridemore for her virtual summit called The Age of Aquarius. And we really had a beautiful conversation in regard to things that relate to soul alignment, how we show up in this world, um, our present, but then also our future. So we get into powerful questions like, is it really possible to choose our own reality? How can we know what soul alignment really is? So you may hear that word and it may be on trend coming up soon, but what is it and how can we know what it really is? What's the biggest mistake people make when it comes to human development? What are a couple ways that we can feel more harmonious and centered? Because as you know, I always love to leave you with practical and tactical tips. Yes, of course, catching a spark of inspiration, but if we don't put that into action, then it's not really giving us the results that we're going to be looking for. So you will learn a couple of ways that you can feel more harmonious and centered. And then also I'll share a little bit about what I predict as we enter deeper into this age of Aquarius. It's a powerful interview. I'm excited for you to tune in and brew your favorite cup of whatever you enjoy drinking and just tune in and really relax and enjoy into the moment. So one of the things that I'm really passionate about is modeling the way. And I debated on if I was quote unquote ready to start hosting this show again. And then I really thought about it and, and I truly feel that one, and I'm sure you've heard this before and maybe you can relate to it, we teach what we most need to learn. And so as I really start thinking about all the things that I've shared before, I really came to mind that this is my opportunity to take my own advice and, and uh, as they say, physician heal thyself. And so this piece of harnessing our mindset to enjoy the present moment, starting before you feel ready, loving what is and accepting reality, and then leading the way even if it's scary and it is pushing you out of your comfort zone. And I'm experiencing all of that right now in full transparency. And um, and if we want to be on the leading edge and if we want to model the way, this is what we have to step into. So thank you for listening. I hope you truly enjoy this interview uh, with Teresa Pridemore from the Age of Aquarius. Hi there, and welcome to Business in the Age of Aquarius passion, purpose, and magic in your soul's work virtual retreat, where we explore the rise of ideals, consciousness, and humanity in entrepreneurship. I'm your host for this event, Teresa Pridemore, owner of Sovereign Spirit, and I'm delighted to introduce you to our next speaker, Casey Rossi. Hi, Casey. Hi, Teresa. It's so good to see you. Good to see you too. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited. 
Awesome. Well, Casey is a business and leadership coach who helps female mission-driven CEOs optimize their performance, productivity, and profits while staying in alignment with their purpose. She's been a full-time entrepreneur since 1991 and has built six and seven-plus figure businesses. Casey is a certified mindset coach, emotional intelligence practitioner, and trained in neurolinguistic programming, which allows her to bring deep insight to her coaching. Casey is the founder of the Soul Print Method, an approach that profoundly helps teams develop trust, improve communication, and amplify engagement. She's the host of Five Star Women Developing Brilliance, the Spirit of Business podcast, a show dedicated to cultivating confidence, increasing visibility, elevating vibration, and leading with purpose. When she's offline, you can find her meditating, whipping up plant-based eats, or hiking the Finger Lakes Trail in upstate New York. Casey is an executive contributor of Brains Magazine. Her work has been highlighted in ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, Thrive Global, Small Biz Daily, and the International Journal of Professional Holistic Aromatherapists. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) That's a mouthful. (laughs) Yeah, that's so awesome. Gosh, you've done so much. Well, this is going to be a great conversation. We're talking about Uh, how to choose your own reality based on what aligns with your soul. So this should be really juicy. Um, So yeah, you know, uh, I mean, sometimes I think we wonder this in the, in in just the flow of things and and, in life, like I'm sure we go through these moments, even if we tend to believe we can choose our reality, is it really possible to choose our own reality? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's such a good conversation. And I feel that, you know, for people that hear that, sometimes it feels really like airy fairy and woo. But when we think of reality, reality is defined by anything that exists. And so, in that, if we are to ground this in science, we can go right back to cognitive behavioral theory, which really talks about our thoughts bringing in our feelings, our feelings, determining our action or inaction, and that inaction or action is actually the contributor of our results. And when we're looking for a good reality, a joy-filled reality, something that is easy and fluid and fun and flowing, we're really looking at the desired results. So when we think of a lot of the common ones, it's making money, finding a partner, you know, even developing our soul purpose, like these deep desires are really more in line with a feeling state. And when we go back to that mindset cascade is what I like to call it. When we go back to that mindset cascade and we think about feelings come second to thought. Mm -hmm. So our thoughts actually drive our results with a few steps in between. So we, at this point, No one can take advantage of what goes on in between our ears. We can still govern our own thinking and our own thoughts. And knowing that we can control that top of the mindset cascade, which will then bring us either resourceful feelings or unresourceful feelings. And some, you know, to give it some context, if you're thinking about looking for a partner, for example, and your first thought is like, God, all the good ones are taken. You know, it's not happened to me. I'm I'm X years in age. And that thought process is then going to kick into a feeling state, most likely of depression or hopelessness or helplessness, 
And then from that state, you'll, you could guess what kind of action am I going to take? Am I going to, am I going to go and put like an amazing profile on one of the apps? Am I going to maybe see who my mutual friends could possibly connect me with? Probably not. And so when you think of that result, it's going to be lackluster. And the thing that happens is it loops back to that thought process. It's estimated that we have about 64,000 thoughts a day and up to 80% can actually be negative. And they can be the same ones that we had the day before. So when we think about that, the empowering part comes in to play that we actually can control our thought process. We can turn around an unresourceful thought or a limiting belief and change the trajectory of that mindset cascade. So if we take that same example, Teresa, and think about like the same desire, the situation is neutral. And I'm sure your listeners also are of the same mindset or similar that the universe has our back, that that really the greater good is conspiring for our betterment. So if you have that lens or that filter, when you're at the very top of that thinking process, you have the very neutral um, situation, I, a desire, I want to desire um, a loving partner. So if you begin that thought process with, yeah, I mean, there's 8 billion people out there. My divine right partner is, is waiting for me and this is going to be easy and fun. Then all of a sudden the feelings could be excitement. Like there could be this enthusiasm. There could be this bubbling up of energy in a really positive way. And then you're going to take action that is in line with that. So what kind of action might that be? You might get a fun photo shoot. You might have a friend go out in nature and take some great shots of you. You might really do some journaling about some of the attributes that you have that you want to magnetically attract to you. And then your result is going to be very, very different than if it was starting with that negative belief, you know? So that's really the process when, when we look at having the capability of determining our own reality, it starts really in the mind and it can flow from there. And our brain doesn't really know the difference between occurrences that have happened and what we are thinking in our mind. And that's another big, big thing when we're looking at neuroscience and when we're looking at rewiring our brain or reprogramming um, the way that we flow through that mindset cascade, that's a crucial thing because with visioning and with amping up the feeling state, we actually can um, control different neurotransmitters like dopamine that can give us the happiness feeling or serotonin. Like we can feel more connected based on how we amp up our own feeling state. So it's really interesting when you think about this cascade, it also goes in reverse. So many people wait for their results to happen based on what they think, but it's been said that masters actually allow their behaviors to govern their thoughts. So it's really kind of neat the way that you can look at this in a very 360 approach. Mm -hmm. I like that, that concept that uh, masters allow their behaviors to influence their thoughts because, um, you know, that's, it's, it's something you have control over. Like what you do is something you have control over. And I feel like um, training ourselves to get a dopamine hit for showing up for ourselves, you know, <laughs> and taking action on what we really want to happen versus what we're afraid won't happen. 
Oh, a hundred percent. I love the fact that you just put the dopamine hit in context there because we are now getting our dopamine hits from likes and follows and comments and really getting sucked into an alternate universe, <laughs> really. And so being able to self-generate those dopamine hits and become more reliant on your own personal power, that's going to give you back so much. And we're going to probably talk further, further about that as we continue on. But yeah, I love that you brought that up. Yeah. So, you know, part of this is, um, this work is alignment, right? And, um, I, I would say like soul alignment, getting aligned with what our soul is here to do. Um, so yeah, tell me a little bit about that. And you know, how can we, how can we know what uh, soul alignment really is? Absolutely. So really interesting. We started with kind of mind-based theories. And when we think about soul alignment, this is when we're going deeper, we're going into a different realm, a different layer. And so we are not going to get to transformation through thinking through our minds. It is actually going to be more somatic. It's going to be a feeling state. And so you want to ask yourself, like, do I feel calm? Do I feel grounded? Do I feel a sense of peace? Like, does this just feel right in my system? Like I know without knowing that I know, but I know. Mm -hmm. So there is that deep intuitive feeling and everybody's soul alignment is going to look different. And so this is really where self-trust comes in because it's not going to be that you're going to find your soul alignment on Google or on an Amazon bestseller or, you know, have a coach or a mentor, like tell you, this is what your soul alignment is. And I think that that can be scary because we've become so dependent on outer resources um, and they have a place for sure. Like when we're trying to sharpen the saw and improve our skill set, or learn a new trade or learn a new um, attribute that's going to bring us in or how to build a funnel for our business, going online, finding a trusted expert, you know, replicating what's been successful ahead of you. Awesome strategy. That's not going to work when you're trying to get your own soul alignment. And I think that that's sometimes where there's this little bit of fear because, you know, anything outside of our comfort zone by nature is uncomfortable and our sympathetic nervous system is going to kick in. It's going to kick off fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. And it's going to say, Hey, this is new territory. Let me bring up some fear responses. Let me bring up some imposter syndrome. Let me bring up all these little mental gremlins that are going to keep you stuck, that are going to keep you playing small. And I'm doing such a great job protecting you because I am like governor safety here. And so there is this little bit of like, it feels counterintuitive when we try to do something that first of all, takes the mind out of the driver's seat. Um, believe me, if I could have gotten there through my mind, I would have been there by now because I definitely overanalyzed everything. I was very much into that perfectionist piece and learning more and getting one, you know, certification after another. And that brought me a lot of knowledge, I would say, but it also brought me burnout because mm -hmm. that adrenal fatigue of that constant running and going and looking outside of myself was exhausting. It was like being on a hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. And so this soul alignment piece is really your opportunity to drop in, tune in, 
tune out the outside and really start listening to your body wisdom, listening to your cells, the wisdom within your own cells and the information that it's sharing with you that many times, one, we're very clouded, two, we tend to doubt it. Like, is that, mm, I don't know, you know, so it's a muscle. It absolutely can be strengthened. I always like to demystify intuition because it's not just like a wand was put on the shoulder of a few lucky ones and that everyone else is kind of like just wading their way through the muck. I believe we all have this ability and it can increase and strengthen when we listen to it. And that will build the muscle because then it's almost having this trust between your soul and yourself, you mm -hmm. know, your soul and your oversoul. So it's like, you're having this conversation. It's like, I hear you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm trusting you. It's strengthened. And so then it's wash, rinse, repeat. And that just gets stronger, just like any other relationship. Mm -hmm. When we're relating to another person, it is that communion or connection between them. We're relating back and forth. So when you relate to your own intuition, you will start hearing those messages. You will start feeling soul alignment just as much as if you had a great chiropractor adjustment and you're thinking of your sign, your spine stacked on top of each other and great alignment. When that happens, there's ease, there's flow, it's, it's connected. And that's exactly the capability and potentiality when you have soul alignment, there's more energy flow, there is more connection, things feel easier, you don't feel so alone. And this is something that's self-generative, which is really exciting. Mm, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, there, I, I know that there are so many ways we can try to tap into soul alignment. And I wonder, you know, for you, what those key methods are, I mean, you, you meditated every day for so long, you know, I assume that that might be one tool. Do you have any, any thoughts about their suggestions? Yeah, absolutely. Meditation for me is key. Um, like you said, it's, it's been a daily practice since 1990. I often joke, I don't know who I would be without it. <laughs> and so that is a great opportunity for me personally, but I think whatever brings you that sense of peace, it may be observing nature. It may be forest bathing where you're really communing with the trees and the leaves and all of the elements that are around us. Um, it could be connecting with your breath. You know, there's so many different kind of layers and levels. When we even think of meditation, we could be focusing on a candle flame, you know, and getting the attributes of what we're focusing on. So basically like begets like, and whatever we focus on, we are going to be acquiring some sense of attributes of that focus. So that's something to really keep in mind. If you're going to go outside and focus on the green healing color and chlorophyll and energy and life, you're going to start to feel some of those attributes. For me, when I close my eyes and I, you know, I focus on inner light and inner sound, I am really looking for those spiritual attributes, which I'm also going to get the benefits of the physical qualities of lower heart rate and lower breath and just, you know, calming down the nervous system and increasing that sense of safety and connection. So I think it really is something where I always say there's no one right way 
It's mm-hmm. really like soul alignment being very unique and personal. This is your opportunity to tap within. Like if you're an auditory sensitive person, maybe listening to soothing music or binaural beats, that might bring you a great sense of peace. If you're more visual, you know, having the enjoyment of art and beauty or mandalas, you know, that may bring you some sense of stillness. If you're kinesthetic, you might really love a massage mm-hmm. or that the feeling of what a salt bath with essential oils might do for you. So it's really about playing and mixing and matching and I'm a fan of a smorgasbord. So for me, I like to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I like to tune in and be like, what do I need today? Like today I need to move my body. What do I need today? Like just constantly checking in. And I found for myself that it also helps for it to not get stale and rote. So like I've done different things like gratitude journaling. And then what, as soon as I catch myself, just kind of like, I am grateful for, you know, when it starts to feel routine, when I start to lose the feeling part, I'm like, oh, time to switch it up. Like, time, you know, time to, to change it. This is awesome. It served me for this period of time. What is my soul calling me to do that's going to help me tune in in a more engaging way that feels new to my system, that allows me to engage all of my senses and that I'm not just going through it like a robot. And that took some time, I have to tell you, because like, I love a to-do list. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, my coach was like, what do you do for self-care? And I was like listing off everything, like literally vomiting all of the things from my morning routine to sound healing to this, that, and the other thing. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's like, hold the phone. None of that sounds like it has joy. It sounds like you're approaching it like a taskmaster. And it really took me back on my heels because I think there was a part of me, that old perfectionist that was like, wow, look at all the things that I'm doing to make me better. Like almost addicted to self-actualization, if that makes sense. And so really having that person reflect back to me, like my homework was to strip everything away. And I was like, what do you mean? And it really, it actually caused anxiety. I was like, didn't really know what to do with the white space. And it gently forced me to go within without a tool, without something that I was adding into myself. And it had to like, there was this sense of how am I in the stillness? How comfortable am I in the dark? And so that was a huge growth process. So I would say to your listeners, if you relate to that, Um, it may be time to peel back something versus add something. Mm, That's really great advice. It is interesting how we can sometimes get addicted to (laughs) (laughs) self-actualization. Oh my God. I know it's a thing. It's really a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, just like forgetting, oh, I'm actually whole and complete as I am, you know, like stepping into that space and then acting from there. Yeah. What a concept, right? We're not broken. We have everything we need. Period. End of story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're always growing and changing, but you know, um, it's not, that's not like the antithesis to actually acknowledging and knowing that you are whole and complete, you know, you can do both. You can operate in both spaces. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, those are some great suggestions and thoughts about getting into that alignment. Um, 
and really interesting hearing your story about like feeling like you you wanted to you wanted to master it you know like is kind of just take charge of it and and maybe not find that joy um I, I could see how that, that could find us sometimes. And, you know, um, it's hard going through a period of letting go of your tools. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it really was. It definitely was some unwinding for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had to do that before. And I just was like, what am I doing? I don't, I don't know how to operate. Um, but then you find, you come back to whatever it is you were doing before and you find your way in a more, uh, 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 I mean, aligned way you, 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 you come into it from a place of alignment and joy, like you were saying, and you're very selective and maybe you only do one or two things from then on for a while, you know, and you flow more like from an organic place. It really illuminated the saying of going deeper, not wider. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, what would it look like if I had less, but I went deeper And that really kind of shifted how I do a lot of things now in life. Once I adopted it in in the personal development space, I was like, what would it look like if I put that in my cooking space? What would it look like if I put that in my decorating space? Like, it was really interesting how it just like, it allowed me to catch when I was being scattered or doing something for creative avoidance. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay bring it back, bring it back. So yeah, it's a practice. No doubt. It's a practice. I like that you bring up creative avoidance because I feel like (laughs) that is definitely a thing, especially for business owners. You know, that's, I, I, I find that, um, you know, going into that personal development kick, uh, can be a distraction. You can say, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have to slow everything down in my business because I have to deal with this personal development thing and explore all these things. And then, you know, maybe you could have done that and keep going. Like you don't necessarily need to stop everything, you know? Definitely. Definitely. I think that we can trick ourselves into thinking we're productive because we were busy. And again, it goes back to that um, dopamine hit or that sense of like, oh, okay. But it's, it's like, did this align with my monthly goal? Like, do I, did I even make a monthly goal, you know, and do my weekly tasks and most important things match up to that? Because we can very much get caught into the, you know, the next greatest webinar, the masterclass, the, this, that, and the other thing. And it can take lots of time, our coffee connections, our networking, like all the things that make us feel busy and productive, but it's like, is this really in alignment with your goals? Is this like a CEO task? Is this bringing you revenue if you're a business? Very important. So I think it's really good that we continue to be honest and have like a little audit with ourselves on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. It's great advice. Well, um, I'm going to kind of go in a parallel direction. So what would you say is the biz- biggest mistake that people make when it comes to human development? Mm, that's such a good question. I would say um, many times we get caught up in just kind of rolling down the river with the crowd. Mm. So I would say like, have you stepped outside of the current and in your own self, like not because your partner thinks you should, your best friend influenced you. This is what the people online are doing. This is the next trend. 
really silencing all of the noise and then getting super clear on your own heart's desire. Like, how do you want to show up? What's your identity, you know, in this lifetime? Like, have you even thought about what your soul agreements are in this physical body? Like really taking the time to get philosophical. And again, we can't really do this, in my opinion, like a hundred percent effectively, effectively, like in a group environment or, or like, you know what I mean? Like it, it, for me personally, it requires a lot of self-study. We can surely have conversations just like this one. It's awesome. It stimulates a spark of inspiration and motivation and, you know, I, I often, you know, say that spirituality can't be taught. It's caught. It's mm-hmm. caught by the vibrations of conversations like this, which is awesome. But when you're looking at like your own soul development and your human development, it's like, let's get super clear. What's my heart desire? And then really look at it in a way of going after something you really want. It's not going to happen by happenstance. I just heard a great talk by a pastor, um, Craig Rochelle, and he was talking about the difference of trying and training. And that really stuck with me. He's like, a lot of people try, they try to lose weight. They try to, you know, make money. They try, 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 but it's very different when you train for that same exact thing. And so I think this really applies here as well. Like get clear on what you want really approach it with that trainer's mindset, not the trier's mindset, and then put in small doable habits that are going to help you step stone towards that. And this could absolutely be for physical things here, but absolutely for spiritual things as well, right? Like to me, it's anything worthwhile puts is like effort. It's discipline, it's dedication, right? Like it doesn't matter what realm that you're working towards. I feel like you could be working towards material goods in the physical realm, or you could be working towards spiritual wealth and wisdom in that realm. But either way, you need a plan and you need to be dedicated and have faith and persevere. So I think that that's the biggest thing is I think many times people are like, well, I'm listening to the thing that should be good enough. You know, it's the same concept of like, well, you know, like I have a great product that should be good enough. People should come to me, but it doesn't work that way. Like that's just the baseline The you know, having the great website is your baseline, having a great, great product. That's your baseline. But like, how are you going to be so magnetic that you're going to attract your divine right? Fill in the blank divine right client, divine right desk. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's the same thing. So it's really just about applying strategy in a very dedicated way. And anything worthwhile really requires that time and energy and then grace. And I think another thing too, Teresa, I really want to mention here is celebrating the wins. And this is something so interesting. Like I find that my clients often struggle with this the most. They're so great with all the other pieces that I'm sharing, the framework, the strategy, the habits, the trackers, like how do I make sure I'm making like incremental moves towards my goal? They're amazing with that. The thing that they push back on is like, how am I gonna honor my own awesomeness? How am I gonna take a minute and reflect on who I am by just being and not the doing. And that piece is just like, that's the thing, right? Like it goes back to your point of being inherently whole 
without having to add anything. We are complete and perfect as the souls that we are. And this celebratory piece is like honoring that, even the smallest piece, like especially the smallest piece and understanding that that power that we have by just the presence we have with someone without even doing, just by merely being with them is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so easy for us to forget that. Yeah. It's so easy. You know, there's... It's, it's funny because, um, you know, when we're offering anything, there's, um, we don't understand, you know, I was talking to someone about this the other day, there's the value we associate with delivering the materials, um, doing the talk, but there's something about just being present and modeling. And these are, these are states of being, you know, and holding space is, I mean, there's an action in that to some extent, but that's that being able to really hold space and witness are like, they are key elements of the value. And we forget, we, maybe we think of those as soft skills, right? You know, not like the main event. (laughs) So true. I just heard somebody say, and I wish I could remember so I could give them credit for the quote, but they said that soft skills are now the new power skills. Oh, interesting. Yes. Hell yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I love your point about, uh, trying versus training and, um, you know, I, so I'm, I put the, the, the training perspective and the discipline you talk about, because sometimes we can have a tough relationship with discipline and make it like a, an oppressive thing. Right. And the way I, I like to talk about it is, and I think you were touching on this in, in how you uh, were talking about it, is I, I think of them as devotional activities. And that's where the, kind of the grace comes in, right? Because mm-hmm. we're doing it because we're devoted enough to what we're trying to achieve that we show up for it. And that comes more from a place of love and alignment than from, it. it, it is more of a being way of doing it versus, you know, you know, striving and uh, struggling with the problem. That's beautiful. I love that word shift and I, it really feels very feminine and it feels like it contributes to the feminine rising, which is this age that we're moving into or already here. Right. And so that, that old paradigm of, you know, like hard work is the honest work and, you know, like I've got to grind in order to make money. And even that, um, kind of whip craft discipline where it's just like, gotta go to the gym or like all of that feeling. And I subscribed to that for many years. That's really part of what contributed to burnout and adrenal fatigue. So just that shift is so very powerful because it amplifies our intention to lean into our femininity, our fluidity, that whole receivership, that devotion aspect, because it's coming from a place of love and rooted in our heart versus kind of the have to, must, should mentality that I think often is laced in the connotation of um, dedication. I also want to say too, though, because what I have seen is where people are kind of throwing away all of the masculine with this rise of the feminine power. And I feel like we need both to be whole and complete, just like the yin yang shows us and so there is beauty and strength and magnificence in, in having that balance and synergy between those two energies. So I just do want to make a caveat there because I often see in our space where it's like, 
it's time, like it's time for women to stand up and have our voices be heard and step into our power. And all of that is true, but that's not stepping on or throwing away masculine tendencies that help us give boundaries and context and borders and, you know, the framework we really need both for sustainable success and joy. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. You know, um, and discipline doesn't have to be a bad thing too. you know, to think about it in terms of like this very um, organized approach of taking, you know, you're trying to learn how to market more effectively. So you're taking the classes, you're showing up, you're doing the homework, you know, even if you don't feel like it, right. You're like, you're facing your resistance. You're actually actively going in there and that doesn't necessarily feel like flow. But it's also important, you know, it, it, it's just a matter of balance. It's not pushing yourself to your limit to do that, knowing when you need to take a break, when you need to slow down, when maybe this week you don't you don't worry about getting the homework done by the next class, but you catch up with it or, or whatever, you know. But I think um, being focused on your outcome is it can it can be a very masculine uh, energy sort of thing. Like I have a goal. I'm going to achieve it. I'm going to go after this. Again, that training, you know, uh, approach, but then to balance that out with the idea that I'm also doing this because I'm devoted to this and I'm, I'm going to, um, you know, support my soul's desire too. I, you know, that's another thing we set up a desire and you're talking about, again, balancing everything, um, making, making sure that you, you are appreciating your action and the action you're taking you know, we have to do that in a balanced way, but I think that kind of that taking action and being very, uh, maybe even a little, um, ambitious, you know, like giving ourselves permission to be ambitious, like that can be often associated with mass, the masculine and right. it can be healthy. Being ambitious can be a very healthy thing, depending on how you approach it. Again, it goes right back to the mindset cascade. Yeah. What are your thoughts about X? And when we think of mindset, it is so much more than than thoughts because it really does dovetail into our history. You know, what triggers us and why, like our belief system, our thoughts for sure. But there's so many different layers and filters that just happen in an instant when something comes, when an input comes in. And so it really, it does go back to how is this thought making me feel? Mm -hmm. And looking at it through that lens. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, we talked a bit about, you know, obviously the, the different ways to kind of get into alignment um, and, and all the different options uh, that are available. So maybe we've covered this, but what would you say are a couple of ways that we can feel more harmonious and centered? Yeah, such a good question. I think it's really good to bring it down to the practical and tactical. And so we can say, okay, this sounds great, but how do I make it apply to me? And one of the biggest things really is being conscious of your inputs and limiting them. We all have space to limiting them, including me, and I've been doing this work for a long time. So the current studies show that the average user spends two hours and 27 minutes on social media that we pick up our phone 58 times a day on average, and that we're spending one to four hours a day on television. 
So that's not even the amount of inbox um, attendance where when I first started doing this work, I was like, you know, oh my gosh, I'm checking my email a hundred times a day. And that may sound excessive, but I have multiple inboxes and you get in this habit, right? And you get used to this, like, let me react, let me serve. Like it is that kind of dopamine hit we talked about already. And so that's not even bringing that into account. So really, when you look at this, you can be buying back for free 24 to 30 hours a week of time time that you could be devoting into real connection and collaboration or internal spiritual work um, or stillness, mm-hmm. you know, getting comfortable with that space and seeing what sprouts up, allowing some white space. So creativity can actually have a place in your life and in your heart. So I think that's huge. That's really, I think the number one way to increase your harmony is decrease your inputs Mm -hmm. because not only are you getting time back, which is something that people often use as an excuse. Like I wish I could fill in the blank, but I don't have time. Mm -hmm. And so this is just a real simple and powerful way to answer that. But it also allows our nervous system to be dampered down It also allows the mind swirls that can come up just like a weed of imposter syndrome and comparison. When we start looking at the highlight reels of everything going on in social media and then wonder why we don't stack up to it Mm -hmm. or just have so many, um, you know, digital stimuluses that our mind and and our holistic, you know, mind, body, spirit system is so overwhelmed that it puts us really in a spin out. So to increase harmony, to increase that groundedness, to bring it back to you and your personal power, I would say to come up with one thing that you can do that can minimize your inputs. And again, this isn't looking to make 10 new changes today because you heard this. It's like being honest with yourself, taking a mini audit, and there's even apps that you can use that will gauge how much time that you spend on your phone or how much time do you spend in this tab or that tab. And you can really say like, if I'm really honest with myself, what do I do in the digital input arena that makes me feel suppressed, constricted, overwhelmed, depressed, increases my anxiety? Okay, great. How can I reduce that by 10%? We're not looking to cut it all out. We're just looking to make incremental changes. Then when you take that on and you really embody it and you're like, oh, I'm starting to feel like a little bit lighter, a little different. I'm not so exhausted. I don't need that extra cup of coffee at four o'clock, whatever it is for you. Then you can go back in again and do a little mini audit. Okay. Is there still room for me to take 10 more percent or Do I want to come over here and maybe like turn my electronics off an hour before bed to really allow myself to unwind, to kind of clean out from the dross and the dirt and the matter that we've collected through our day and get ready for that sleep and deep restoration? Like you could just really play with it. Again, it's such a personal thing, but I think that the big takeaway here is knowing that there is space to regain our mental stability mm-hmm. and we can do it in micro doses. That's great advice. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, and, and it's in, interesting how when we are in that habit of checking, 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 
Um, I, I actually don't really know how to describe the chemical processes in our brain that occur, but it's like we never really settle. You know, we're, we we go for the dopamine hit of checking and then there's the down that comes with not checking and that anxiety that's created in that waiting period. And, you know, giving ourselves the opportunity to to pull out of that like chemical up and down roller coaster that's constantly happening on a micro level when we keep doing that. Totally. Yeah. And regaining our focus. And, and I, I, I know from experience how much uh, creative energy that that opens up, you know, so making the effort is so well worth it to reduce that. It does. And it brings to mind, um, author Cal Newport, he wrote the book on deep work and he talked about multitasking and, and gaining back hours in your day. And he also, um, did research and realized that there was, um, like attention residue that happens between context switching, which is anytime we're changing a task or we're saying to ourselves we're multitasking, or we have our inbox open and a Facebook tab tab open during our work time. And we're thinking we can bounce back and forth when there's a little space. We just want to check on that real quick. Or did somebody DM us back? And so there's this attention residue where part of us is still on task one, which means there is less of our focus, attention, and productivity on the new task. And over time, it is a tremendous amount. I think that the stats are nine minutes for every time we context switch, which we can lose a tremendous amount over the course of a day, over the course of a week. Plus it's draining. Like it's draining. We think that we're going to be able to keep it all together. Like I used to pride myself on being able to like DJ my day with tons of tabs open. Like it, it was fun for me, you know? And then I was like, okay, I'm going to have to ship that. <laughs> like, yeah. That's no longer working for me, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting too. Like, um, that temptation to go over Facebook, just to take a little brain break, right. With, what I've found is is better for me is maybe work a little longer because those breaks can happen more frequently than we think until I hit a place where I'm just like hitting resistance about working right now. My body is saying, I can't, I can't do anymore. And then go for a walk or sit in, in silence for five minutes, you know, and just let your mind water, get wander, get, get up and get a cup of coffee and just look out the window for a little while and really give yourself a rest and then come back to it. And then I, I find working uh, for longer periods of time is so much easier. A hundred percent. It's really a lie that we tell ourselves that it's a brain break to check social media in between our day. Yeah. It's not really a break at all. It's actually taking on all these impressions mm-hmm. of everybody else's visual and, you know, content. And somewhere we're stuffing that in us, it's got to be expelled somewhere. Just like when we eat, you know, we have to expel to, to be healthy and alive. The same thing happens with our impressions. And I think if you don't have a tool that helps you wipe the slate clean, then you're just layering black paint on your white canvas. And I always like to say, like, whatever your desire is, if you were to write that in the middle whether it's God or fill in the blank, whatever your heart and soul's desire is, mm-hmm. all of that dross and dirt is like black paint on a light bulb. You will never see the brilliance. You will never see that word of desire on your canvas. Mm. Such good, good thoughts. Yeah. And that, that visual of 
of adding the black paint to the canvas really makes sense because you're just cluttering, you're cluttering up and, and, and again, taking away that ability to get more easily into soul alignment and hear messages and let your intuition speak. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the whole intuition thing too, and, 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 um, allowing the soul to speak, but then also listening and following soul's wisdom. If we're constantly looking outside, second guessing our decision-making ability, asking three or four friends, the same exact question, we just rewind and repeat to try to get everybody else's input, you know? Yeah. You will you will really be dampering down your own innate wisdom to do that in-house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't have to outsource your decision-making ability. Like you have the powerhouse in-house. Mm-hmm. Good advice. I love that. Yeah, it can be so tempting to go through a period of trying to get permission from everybody else and not getting to that stillness that allows you to give yourself divine permission to take action on something. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, uh, what, what do you predict will happen as we enter deeper into the age of Aquarius? I think we touched on a few things as far as that feminine rising, listening to your own voice, not being afraid to step into your personal power. I think all of that's happening. I also think, and I experience like, um, a sense of rebellion, you know, a sense of like, yeah, you know, like I'm doing this, like this, this is my time. There is kind of that inner niggling of like, you may have been able to silence this. So it's getting louder. You may have like a personal challenge or a health challenge. That's actually giving you this, um, impetus to play bigger. I think we're all going to have these personal things that come into our space where it's like, oh, okay. I got that now. Like I was whacked on the head. Now I get it. Like there were some little subtle red flags along the way, kind of pointing me into my direction, but now I understand it. So I feel like we're going to have personal revelations that are going to um, really either gently or not so gently push us into our personal power, which is actually going to amplify goodness throughout the world and really start to shift paradigms have the things that did not serve us start dissolving and melting away because we're going to start to feel a difference. Again, we're not going to think our way to transformation, but we're going to start to feel like, oh, oh, I actually could be a little easier. Like, what if it was easy? What would that feel like if it really could be easy for me? Not for Gabby Bernstein, but for me. Like, what if it really could, right? Like, not for the select few, But what if I allowed ease and flow into my life and what do I do that brings more of those feelings? And then how do I increase that in my own personal space? So I think it's going to be really exciting. I also think that there's going to be more of a connective quality. You know, it's not going to be so eye oriented. It's going to be like, I'm seeing this now where like I'm getting invitations for collaborations, even this you know, this beautiful summit that you organized. It's a way to hear all of our voices. It's a way to honor each person as like a magnificent facet of the same brilliant diamond. And it's going to be something I think where um, embodiment is coming up, you know, like it's not just word knowledge. There's not going to be that spiritual bypassing, but it's going to be more of an embodied feeling. Like those that are really called to do this work have to do the work. You can't fake it. Mm -hmm. You just can't fake it. Like 
sometimes it feels like you're being like run through the coals, like, and that's a part of this process. Like that's a part of this, not always, but in my personal experience, that's what I've, <laughs> my <laughs> biggest lessons come from pain, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're getting raked over the coals and then you're like, okay, I got it now. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm next. <laughs> You know, so yeah, I think there's going to be times where there's these, um, conversations with less fear Mm -hmm. because I think for healers and and priestesses and light workers, there has been a fear to speak this language. And I think that in, um, numbers with more and more coming into alignment into this age of Aquarius, there will be strength in numbers and sisterhood. And that's really beautiful. And I'm feeling that both with who I interview on my podcast and with these opportunities and with other collabs that come in where it's like, hey, what if we pooled resources and did X, Y, Z? So it's less I and more we and more true connection, which again, you know, doesn't necessarily come from social media likes, like (laughs) that may feel like connection, but I, I do see that as this age gets deeper, um, we're thirsting for true connection, authentic connection, deep connection. So we feel watered like a dry house plant, you know, like we're really thirsty for that. And so I think that that that's really what I'm seeing. That's what my hope is. That's what my mission is to contribute to is really, really water that thirsty soul so we can thrive. Mm, that's so beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Um, it is, it is really interesting how we're stepping into, I think, more of a mock-up of allowing ease. Um, I think, you know, taking contrast that we experience and turning it into beauty and then allowing ourselves the, the opportunity to need less contrast to get the message, you know? <laughs> that sounds so good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's like, Oh, I've done the contrast thing. Now I'm ready for the ease picture. And that requires me to listen to my intuition earlier on and not have to get pushed all the way over the edge to get the message. You know, I feel like that's also kind of part of that, that thing that we're creating right now. And it's um, what we want for each other, right? We, we want to watch other people uh, blossom and grow. And I think that's part of what you're saying is that, that we centric, a version of living, noticing in other people uh, where where they're allowing the season and then also saying, I get to have that for myself and I want to model that for other people. Yes, there's so much power in that because when we can see that she can do it, we know and have that belief that we can do it too. And it really goes back to that psychological safety and sense of belonging. So really goes right back to our intrinsic needs. So the more people that do the personal work to understand fear and fear's place and damper down those unresourceful feelings and thoughts, and then push through to the next level or make that quantum leap. Oh my gosh, we're inspired. Now we're like, holy shit, they got something that I don't have. What can I do now within my own self to stimulate that, to invigorate that and move forward on my path? And again, it's not in this comparison way. It's more of a spark of inspiration wow, I see you doing this. It's possible. My system feels it's possible. I don't feel as afraid without that fear layer. Now I am opened up to more unlimited potentiality. Mm -hmm. And, and then feeling 
you know, through that inspiration, getting that leap you talked about where you realize I can't, I can't let things stay the way they've been any longer. I, I feel the pressure to move forward and create a new planet and create a new vision and create a new real reality for myself, you know, yes. and not stay in the old mock-up, create a new paradigm like you're talking about. Absolutely. We're so ready for it. It's starting to happen. Shifts are happening, which is a, an exciting thing. And again, conversations like this continues to crack the egg until it lets more light in. So thank you so much for organizing this and uh, stimulating these amazing conversations. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being a part of it. It's just such a pleasure to have you here. And this has been such a delicious conversation and your insights and perspectives are just really amazing. And I appreciate you bringing all your wisdom to the table. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been an absolute joy. <laughs> so you have a, a free gift you're offering a visualization. Can you share more with us about that? Absolutely. It's called Reclaim Your Power. It's a 12-minute visualization. So it helps you identify wherever your energy leaks are. And then it also gives you this practical, beautiful tool that you can do once a day, once a month, whatever you're called to, but you'll have this resource at your fingertips to really reclaim that energy and start to feel lighter and start to um, claim back your power instead of having it fritter away like, you know, um, pinholes in a hose. You will bring all that energy back to yourself so you really can feel stronger and more grounded. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I am a big fan of uh, having those kinds of tools and I feel like visualization is actually just such a powerful way for us to tap back into our power. So thank you for sharing that. It sounds like really great offer. I hope everyone takes advantage of that. <laughs> Absolutely. It really gives us an opportunity to clean our energy system. We yeah. clean so many other things. We brush our teeth every day. We vacuum <laughs> like, you know, we have cleaning mechanisms in place for physical things, but this is really a cleaning mechanism for our energy system. Yeah. In other, like I've heard it called energy hygiene, you know? Oh, I love it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so important. Energy hygiene is so important and it helps us be more attractive and it helps us stay more aligned in our thought processes too. kind of bring it back to the beginning of our conversation. You got it. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much, Casey. It's been a treat. Really appreciate your time and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you wanted to grab your free copy of Reclaim Your Power, a powerful visualization that will help you identify energy leaks, reclaim your power, and feel refreshed in less than 12 minutes, go ahead and head on over to the show notes and grab your own copy. We will see you next week. Until then, breathe joy.